When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Joyce Heiser Robinson from Just One of the Guys, and you're listening to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. Before there was IMDb.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but... Maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we'd know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah. This is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Cherry's a girl who wanted to be taken seriously. I am going to be a reporter. But her body kept getting in the way. Pretty girl, you could be a model. Sometimes I just wish I were a guy. So to prove to the men in her life she had a mind, Cherry decided to try life as a guy. How do I look? Dash. My zipper's open. Yep, it's one of a kind. My bro. Just one of the guys. She's confused. Of course you're confused. You're wearing my underwear. I was just gonna go into uh Streetwise Tough Guy. Oh yeah, I don't know the rest of the lyrics, yeah. You know he couldn't last. You know that song. Yeah. Well, okay. So <laughs> is that is that the song? Is that the song? That's the song for our episode. Is that the song for our episode? Because what I was going to say was I was going to put forth the idea that maybe the song could also be Tonight You're Mine, Baby. By Ronnie Spector? Yes. Because... You know, and I know normally we discuss this stuff and we... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is a first. A first on $2 late fee. Yeah, like normally we come in <laughs> with a plan. Sometimes we don't come in with a plan, but we always agree. We're like, this is the song. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so today, uh, I, you know, as much as I like Hardway, I feel like Tonight Your Mind Baby might be uh, more, of a, more of the iconic song... Uh, in terms of connecting it to this to this movie, um, fair enough. Fair in enough. the two dollar late fee universe, I think it's absolutely hard way. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, because you and I, I mean, I guess we should uh, maybe I'll let you intro the what we're doing today before well, I just go off on yeah this I mean, weird I was, tangent about music. <laughs> I well, I was gonna I was gonna see I was gonna wait for a proper like kind of insertion there but uh but yeah it, uh we are that is what she said 
reference. <laughs> I, I mean, I was like, where are we going to go with this? Are we going to drop lines from the movie? Are we going to drop my favorite song? Uh, when it comes to me, yeah, I go with my my favorite song, you know. And uh, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, the the movie we're talking about today is the nineteen eighty five um, gender swapping classic, just one of the guys. It's our it's our pre episode for our upcoming interview with uh, the star of just one of the guys, Joyce Heiser, Terry Griffith herself. Yes, and uh, yeah, we're talking about the movie, obviously, and the song, which we didn't go into this ahead of time. We didn't we didn't really discuss whether Hard Way was going to be the song, and but it makes total sense to me. Ronnie Spector is a much bigger name, um, much memorable uh, musician, if you will. And that song is featured prominently twice in the film, uh, unlike right. And it's kind of a bookend song. It's kind of a bookend song. Exactly what I, what I was going to say. That okay. was exactly going to be my point. So, but I, I think, why not, why not discuss both? Well, yeah. Huh? Yeah, you, like, why not discuss the one that would appeal to the masculine side and the one that would appeal to the feminine side? Oh, yeah. I mean, we could, yeah, we could break it down <laughs> psychologically. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Look, I, look, I, 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 this movie, for those, for everyone listening, we, we watched this movie recently to kind of refresh our memories. Uh, and, and the story that this, this movie took to get to the point of watching it together is, is a very timely one because I own, I had owned the original DVD for years and then um, the Blu-ray was coming out and I'm like, Oh, I got to get the Blu-ray cause it's right. going to have a cool uh, commentary with the entire cast. And, and it was coming out because it was, it was celebrating the 30, uh, 30th. 35th, 35th anniversary. 35th, 35th anniversary of the movie. Yeah. And so I got it. And then and then Dustin's like, well, I don't own it. And I said, well, I'm not going to make you rent this thing. Hey, you clearly could. But then you are in the a COVID hero. times we're living in, I'm like, I'm going to do something I haven't done since we've been in quarantine for three months. I'm going to drive out to Dustin's house. <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, Typically, before the whole isolation started, uh, I would drive out to Dustin's place to record. We recorded from his house. If we weren't, yeah, I can't imagine many people would know that. I, I don't know if we ever right? mentioned that actually. So yeah. That's like so this is scene. news for everybody. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's exciting for me, <laughs> um, for those two people, and um, yeah, if we're not recording at Real Voice uh, with when we interview a celebrity uh, or or an actor performer. We're at your place recording, uh, you know, our, our our normal episodes, right? And so our regulars, uh, regulars, and and it, and ladies and gentlemen, it's been really hard not being able to be next to my homeboy, uh, touching, recording. squeezing. Uh, I mean, I mean, talking, mostly talking. Well, yeah, but you know, yeah, <laughs> talking and holding, right? And no, it's yeah, it's very different. It's a very different dynamic. It's like we're the. Kevin and Bean show or something. I don't know. Oh, Kevin and Bean. Jesus. Well, the, the show was just canceled. Oh, like it last, was. last week. 
they just fired everybody abruptly. I don't know if you heard that. I heard about that. It was really fucked up. Like, yeah, really on fucked Twitter up. And they're like, uh, yeah. so I just got fired and I didn't even yeah. know. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, so this will be our, you know, so so I said, to, I said, I am going to make my way and drop off my DVD copy of Just One of the Guys to Dustin along with my famous breakfast sandwiches. And uh, yeah, no, I will not be making those for you if you leave a glowing review on our on our uh, iTunes or Spotify or whatever, you know. Oh, but is the mixtape promotion still going on? Oh, it's still going on. So okay. for those of you listening, <laughs> I, I'm going to do it right now before I do it at the end because I yeah, think yeah. people are like, oh, the show's over. I'm going to stop listening. Yeah, yeah. No one's going to hear it at the end. You, you, uh, you write a review. You give us a five-star on iTunes and you subscribe and you screenshot the review. Uh, I know it's, a, it's, it's multi-stepped, uh, but uh, I will make you a very special $2 late fee mix CD and... They're good, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wait a minute. So your your deal is even better than the one I was advertising because I thought the deal was that you had to do five-star review on iTunes, but you also had to subscribe to Spotify for the mixtape. And that's not even the deal. The deal is just iTunes. It's it's iTunes because- well, Okay. But, so everybody should be doing this. Yeah, it's Everybody listening. I mean, if you, no. do both, if you want to put a cherry on top, and maybe I'll throw a sticker in there too. Uh, you do both. Oh my God! What a deal! And what a deal! Ten seconds of your life to go give a five star review and you know hard. maybe write something nice. Yeah, it's really not. And then this is a little cheap plug because and Dustin's no. seen the brand new stickers that we have and they are dope. They are the smallest, most dopest <laughs> stickers I've seen. For uh, what was that? The that cartoon, the Littles. <laughs> Where they like lived in a they lived in a in a in a thimble or something. They like, yeah, it's like yeah, but they are dope. You know what they look really good on an old VHS box. Yep, if, box. you've got those lying around, that's where you put them. <laughs> I actually, I'm, I'm sure what many a, what of a our deal. listeners what a deal. have those lying around. <laughs> believe it or not, what that's our a audience. Deal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but get it, getting back to the movie at hand. Right. And the people involved in it, yada, 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 the whole deal. Uh, 1985 is just one of the guys. I I watched the, I saw this movie when it came out, I think on HBO. Uh, I watched it incessantly. I was obsessed with it. And for all the pervs out there who were like, yeah, I know why you're obsessed with it, man. No, I, I was not obsessed with the uh, big nudity reveal scene at the end that that actually wasn't the hook for this for me for this movie uh it goes a lot deeper which i'm happy to you know we'll get into but uh, how about you dude what's 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 your like there was not a movie that i watched more in my high school probably just like as you said it's on hbo i did not there was not a movie i watched more than than just one of the guys from like 1992 through 1996. Yeah. I watched this all the time. At one point, I, I had memorized the movie um, to the point where I put it in my speech that I was I was running for vice president of the senior body. Senior body? No, of the senior class. I was running for vice president of the senior class, and in the, my whole speech was just like littered with just one of the guy quotes, and I won, so... You did, and you won. Yeah. Did Did you give? Did you Did you sprinkle in the speech that Clayton Roner gives in the cafeteria? I really don't remember it all that much. I th- I, I I know for a, for at one point I was like, and so when Rick says to Terry, 
let me guess, you got me a hot date with Sandy's grandmother. That relates, you know, I, I don't know. I tied it into to a, a ski trip or something. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. But like, yeah, <laughs> and it was won. pretty. It was pretty irreverent. And you won. Uh, yes. Congratulations. Thank you. It means a lot. You didn't storm out like you didn't lose and then storm out like I did yelling, you know, Attica. Oh, right. (laughs) Was that in school or that was a camp thing? No. Well, I, I, you know, there there was the camp incident, which I talked about on an earlier episode. But also the. um, But that was like workers comp. And that was that was justified. I think I brought that up too. That I ran for student council in like six, six or seventh grade, and mm. and I felt like I I was robbed. Right. I think at one point I even said like, "Okay, come on, who really voted for this guy?" <laughs> right. Because I, I was. You were like Isaiah Thomas when when they <laughs> lost to the Bulls. No, I didn't. Wa- I didn't get up midway and walk off. Oh, what a seriously. Zeke. I will not shake your hand, Michael Jordan. And you're killing me, Zeke. Like that, that, yeah. yeah. For those people who are wondering what we're talking about, the, the bike, the Michael Jordan series on Netflix, or what is that what it's on? Or? Oh my goodness, you, you. I'm not even a, I'm not you. a big MJ fan. We're talking about the Last Dance, currently on ESPN, oh, currently yeah. on running on ABC as of right now. Also, every uh, they're doing two episodes uh, a week, like sure. But it's on Net- Netflix internationally. It will be on Netflix domestically. Uh, starting in July, and then ESPN Plus next year. Okay. Why do I know all that? I don't know. It's like I work for the company. But <laughs> anyway, well, well I, thanks for I, listening, I, guys. Watch the Last Dance. It's look, I good. was never. I think Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player ever, ever. But I was never a fan of his. And no, I, I mean me neither. He's the greatest ever. But he, I was watched the Knicks. I was the Knicks fan, and he would. He would stick it up the next asses every yeah he, every he destroyed, year he destroyed my pistons it was back terrible in the day. it it crushed my love of the game watching my favorite team walk off the court like a bunch of babies uh you know with minutes uh se- you know yeah seconds still on the clock i was like wait yeah that's not what you do when you lose a it's game. it's not what but, you do you know you acted like a bunch of little little yeah said, you know bitches but yeah you know, but uh that's yeah I mean, that was yeah that was crushing Crushing much, very much in the same way that, um, you know, seeing Rick, oh, Rick Morehouse, Clayton Roner's character. There we go. You brought it back. Getting picked on and <laughs> and, and uh, made fun of. And uh, I, I really related to that guy. But we'll get to that in a second because we should talk about just for those people who are unfamiliar with just one of the guys and they're listening to this going, yeah, I'll give this a try. Right. Uh, if you all, you was well, like you listen for fourteen minutes. You're like, are these guys ever gonna explain what this movie's about? Like, <laughs> they barely have even talked about the movie. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're right. getting so, there. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. So we're there. Joyce is probably listening to this, going like, "What the hell, man? What the what hell? Are, I don't want to interview with these idiots. Like, what?" <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, first of all, the movie's uh, directed by Lisa Gottlieb, which, you know, whether it's neither here nor there, but it's kind of a big deal that a that '80s teen comedy is directed by has a female director back in the day uh that stood out to me back then because the only movie i was familiar with that was directed by in a similar vein that was directed by a woman was um was uh amy heckerling's uh fast, fast time times right right oh and then valley girl as well um she didn't direct that but that was also also had a female director yep but still that was a big deal and and especially the tone of this movie 
uh, in watching it again recently with you, having a lot of revelations that I didn't have as a kid, it was really cool. Yeah, so it stars uh, Joyce Heiser as Terry Griffith, who is a high school reporter and who goes undercover at an alternate school as a as a boy. And we'll get into that a little bit deeper later on. But um, she's <laughs> we're gonna save the juice. <laughs> to save the save, energy. Save the juice. But her brother is played by her brother Buddy Griffith is played by Billy Jane. And he kind of steals the show. Actually, he was Billy Jacoby back then, right? Billy Jacoby back then, yep. Yeah. Uh, and you know, just to go back really quick to Joyce Heiser, she was prior to this, she was in Staying Alive, which, uh, you know, we, we, we know fondly because of Vince DiCola, but outside of, of that, course. we don't really have, I mean, I have some fond memories of it, but. And then, uh, yeah, Billy Jacoby, AKA Billy Jane, I know him and love him not just from this but also from um parker lewis can't lose of course you and i both very much uh and then it also stars clayton roner who plays rick morehouse and he's like the uh he's the he's the ugly duckling turned you know beautiful swan by the end mm-hmm. of the and well said i love clayton roner i love him and I, you know, he's he's he had such a cool look to me. Uh, I remember him from uh, a- April Fool's Day, and he was in a really cool kind of quirky show called G versus E on USA um, back in the day. And he's just he's done, he's done a ton of stuff, but he's a great actor, really cool energy gives off on screen. Um, and then Tony Hudson plays Terry's best buddy Denise, and she hasn't aged at all, dude. Like she looks the same now no as she does back then and uh super cool like really fun buddy character in the movie um then then typecast but in a good way billy zabka plays greg tolan just the the jock asshole bully oh what a shocker after uh karate kid and national lampoon's the european vacation <laughs> oh right Right. I always forget that he's in that. And then, um, yeah, Deborah Goodrich plays Deborah. Wow, that was must have been a stretch. But uh, she's <laughs> she's uh, Greg's girlfriend, who Rick Morehouse kind of has a crush on, and leads to shenanigans and later on in the movie. And then um, Sherilyn Fenn plays Sandy, who has the hots for Terry when she's a when she's a guy. And thinks that he looks like a cross between Elvis Costello and um, the Karate Kid. Yep. And Sherilyn Fenn, her character specifically, I have so much to say about because I feel like she had such an arc. And I kept saying this the whole time you and I watched this movie. I was like, what? I, I, I never even thought about this, you know. But she she's kind of portrayed as the... Uh, the, the the girl that's like the slutty girl that wants to get into Terry's pants. Yeah. Kind of thing. And uh, yeah, that that's that's the cast of the movie. The, the, this movie, I guess, came at a time, like a lot of John Hughes movies were coming out at the same time. So it kind of got buried by those films. Uh, and it, and it, But it had a big, much bigger shelf life on like VHS after that. 
for me anyways. Yeah, I mean, it it really got buried because uh, the Brat Pack movies were so dominant, and then you have this little movie um, with, you know, less... I mean, certainly nobody in this movie is like a name uh, in the same way that the Brat Pack was at this time. Um, The Molly Ringwalds, the Andrew McCarthy's, the Rob Lowe's, uh, Judd Nelson, etc. Like, this movie... Yeah, it's you know it's it's just like a little underdog movie that really just had a huge cult following once it once it got to to video once it got to HBO really because that's where I saw it. It was on HBO literally every day, every, every day. day, every day, any time of day. You're like, hey, what do I? Feel? Oh, just one of the guys. Okay, great. And for a, for a PG thirteen movie, this had uh, full frontal nudity via Playboy centerfolds <laughs> yeah on yeah. the walls uh, yeah. i think specifically this movie inspired my older brother eric to do that to his bedroom because he plastered his walls with playboy centerfolds after 85 uh-huh interesting my mom got him yeah it's very interesting have you have you spoken to him about it you know i haven't recently i should because uh <laughs> i think we're all past that that point where it, I, yeah it would be a really funny thing maybe even to call him up while we're recording yeah, <laughs> like, he, he's probably awake now watching like, some creepy horror film. Dude, uh, quick question. Did you do that because of Buddy? Did you plaster your wall? That would be interesting. I'm going to say that, ha- yeah. honestly, I think it had a big influence on him because yeah. he kind of looked like Buddy in a way. Yeah. You know? Buddy well, has this, he, Buddy's like, he's he had this kind of cool, like, rocker look to him a little bit, like uh some might say it was like a stoner look if it was in the 90s. It was like a like sleeveless. Uh, he would like cut the sleeves off of all of his shirts into like yeah. more like vests. Yeah. Yeah, nothing underneath. Um, yeah, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of uh, plaid, flannel, plaid. A lot of plaid and flannel. You know. Yep. And in the 80s, that was considered, you know. Well, it's interesting. I guess Joyce at the time was dating um, Bruce Springsteen. And one of the reasons... I don't know if they put the his posters on her wall for that specific reason, but Billy kind of had or Buddy had that like Bruce Springsteen look in a way, the like jeans and the yeah the blue collar mm-hmm. look to him. So, he totally did, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting. Uh, that's that's yeah. But um, very born to run, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but th- yeah, this movie's really interesting because it, uh, thanks to our good buddy Terry letting us know that this was the first uh, film based on a Shakespeare play, like the first teen movie kind of based on a Shakespeare play. Right. Was it Twelfth Night? Which one was it? Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night, yep. And so it's kind of rooted, it's obviously rooted in (laughs) classic literature. Man, when certain scenes in this movie, when they hit, they hit so well for me. For well, me specifically. let's just let's just back up for one second and summarize the ultimate kind of plot point of this movie, yes. which you've sort of touched upon. But there's see, I feel like there's one there's one kind of almost like innate flaw in the movie. And obviously, you know, I love the movie. But so Terry, beautiful young woman, she is a senior in yes. high school. Right. She's senior in high school. She wants nothing, nothing more in her life than to be uh, recognized as a serious journalist. 
specifically for the Tribune, the, the local Tribune uh, paper. There's a contest that she's submitting to through the school uh, or, or hoping to submit through the school and to, to, to snag this internship where she's going to work all summer long. It's going to be great at the Tribune or the something yeah. Tribune. I don't remember, but, uh, the, you know, the Tribune. Uh, and, uh, but, but it turns out that her advisor, the, you know, her teacher is like, your article is not good enough, Terry. I'm not submitting it. She goes into this huge, like, like, how dare you? It's because I'm a woman. I'm yeah. more than just my looks. I, you know, and then devises this plan that she's going to transfer to the nearby school, uh, the rival school, and and become this. I mean, she's still Terry. She's going to be boy Terry, and she's going to submit her article as a boy. But of course, you know, all these things happen over the course of her being this boy, falling in love, et cetera, et cetera, that her writing sort of evolves. But to me, the one key kind of thing here that doesn't make a lot of sense is it's like it's it's like two weeks to like the end of the year. Yeah. So it you know, so there's prom, there's graduation. There's like this is not to to do the I was like, wait a minute. Like I it never hit me before. I'm like, she is transferring to another school with two weeks left in the school yeah. like season just so she can submit this article. And her article is terrible, by the way, like her original article. It's Do you remember what it was on? The nutritional content of the school cafeteria lunches. Yeah. You know, like why? And she and she's like, like, well, no, it's because I'm a woman. It's like, no, Terry, that's a no. terrible article. No yeah. one wants to read that. No. It's boring no. as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and then she transfers and then the new guy says it. You know, yeah. to her. So at that point, when when the and the new advisor at the new school is like, "This is really boring stuff." I know you're a guy, but you got to think like a woman. Like, <laughs> why at that point does she not just go? You know what? I'm going back to my other. You know, because she's. I guess because she still has the opportunity. He, oh, because he's like, I'm not submitting. I'm not picking my winners or my submissions until a week from Monday or whatever it is. So yeah. So at that point, she's like, I got another chance to write. And I, I think on top of that too. There's uh, a sense of privilege and a little bit of like, uh, yeah, privilege. Like she, she, she's seems like she comes from a fairly well-to-do family. Mm -hmm. She's got this boyfriend, this college boyfriend. Uh, she's kind of painted in this way, like the the person who's like, oh, I got everything in my life, everything's perfect. Wait, and then she's rejected for something, and she gets pissed off about it. Like, how dare you? How dare after? You know, I get everything else I want in life. And even to the point where, you know, when she's talking later about Rick, when she meets Rick and kind of wants to turn him into this cool guy, because when she does re meet Rick, he's this nerd uh, kind of shut in and she wants to, she wants, she helps kind of transform him. Right. Uh, but she even makes a comment like, you know, she he's not her type or, or he's cute, but kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, so like going into that knowing, okay, her article's not that great. Uh, why did she even do this in the first place? I think there's a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. Like, hey, don't tell me I can't do something when I've right. been told all my life I can do whatever I want kind of thing. You know, maybe there's something to do with that. Right. So, right. so she, so her transformation through my 40 some odd lens uh, changed. In the same way, Sherilyn Fenn's character changed. 
because I always viewed her character as kind of being just like the you know the slutty girl who who wants to get in the pants. Right, right, so, so, right. So she's at the new school, Sherilyn yeah. Fenn. She's she wants to just jump Terry's bones when she, Terry's a guy. She wants to rip his clothes. Rip, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get him, and she's just like aggressive and pushy, and she's everywhere, and yeah. Yeah, and then and it turns out though, like she's really the way I started looking at it from that point on. Because originally I was like, oh, she just wants to get in his pants, and there's a scene where she reaches into Terry's reaches into his pants yeah. and pulls out a sock and Literally she's like, goes oh, you don't have to do that for me, you know? <laughs> right. And and and, I, and so the whole time I'm like, oh, she's kind of this slutty girl. But but then I watching it now, I'm like, no, she's she's clearly into him. She's actually really kind to Terry and and never for once like tries to quote unquote like take advantage of him. Right. You know? And shows up at his house with like a gift. And then when she goes into his room, uh, Terry's ends up being when towards the end of the movie when when Sandy is still making moves on Terry doesn't know Terry's a guy, a girl yet. She goes to his house to bring these fish, and goes up to his his uh, his room, which is actually her brother's room, the room filled with centerfolds. But yeah, she's Terry's got to pretend she's she's a guy, so she's like, oh yeah, this is my room. And Terry's looking around, seeing all these naked women on the wall of course she's like thinking oh this guy's dtf you know yeah he's like down yeah, to party yeah if he's if he's because that's the picture that's painted in front of her so like i don't i don't think that she did anything wrong like because she starts to take all her clothes off and terry's like whoa 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 what are you doing kind of thing you know yeah and and back in the day i was like oh yeah she's such a slut uh, you know when i didn't know shit about anything and now I look at it and I'm like, I totally have sympathy for her. Hmm. And then I even have more sympathy for her at the end of the movie, uh, the climax dance scene that we'll get to in a second, in a little bit. Uh, she's she's like working the punch bowl booth. She doesn't even have a date to the prom, you know? Yeah. So bad well, she's not, but it's but she's younger, Sandy. Is she? Oh, is that the case? I, I don't know. That's how I always interpreted it. Okay. I never thought I never felt like she was a senior. It, yeah, I always felt like she was a younger. I, I did they say she's like a sophomore or something? It, it it's totally makes sense to me in my mind where I'm like, "Oh, yeah, she's not a junior or a senior, so she's just like working the bowl cuz she's younger." She's just helping out at the she's a part of the prom committee or something. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. That's I mean, that make that makes yeah. sense. I, I, I was taking it one step further going like, oh, she she didn't, you know, Terry was going to be her date. She didn't end up having a date. Oh, yeah, I so never thought that. The, she had to work the punch bowl. Never thought that. <laughs> I was painting her in a way more sympathetic character than. Uh, never, <laughs> never thought that. And, uh, you know, and like to your point about like, is she slutty or not? I mean, she's still like, like, how did you find me, Sandy? Well, I followed you home. Like, come on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, you're still, it's it's just, it, it is it is aggressive. It okay, is, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, I followed people home back in the day, too, so, you know. With, like, gifts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, are we, what's happening? Are we, are, did you just admit to being a stalker on, no, on no, the show? No, I never stalked anybody. I never stalked anybody. Well, but who? Are, but you're following people home that like you are not dating. 
I didn't I didn't follow them. I would like wait sometimes by their place. But okay, but but is <laughs> are you dating this person? Oh, like here, okay. So here's the thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Okay, it was okay. An early on date. Okay, okay. Because at some point, like yes, Sandy and Terry do go uh, to the beach together. Yeah, but it's really it's because she's trying to Terry's trying to help out Rick and like get get Rick out there. But then of course Sandy's you know sets Rick up with his cousin and his cousin is like twelve or her cousin's like eleven or whatever. Yeah, so there's like a yeah. question of statutory so, rape. Going so that's just gross and weird and uh, but yeah. but it's you know it's addressed very quickly where Rick's like no this I'm with a baby like you know I'm babysitting a baby. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know it's just like very evident. But but so okay so it could be implied that Sandy is like all right so so. You know, Terry's a little odd or, or or shy or weird or whatever, insecure maybe, but we are still, you know, something's happening because he he said yes to going to the beach with me, so maybe there is yeah. something there. But what you're saying is you 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 you'd be dating people and you would follow you would follow them home unbeknownst to them, and you just like ding dong, Zach's here. Like, oh Zach, how do you know that I'm here? Well, I followed you home. Well, Jackie Lee. Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. Like I, 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 technically, I didn't follow this, 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 this. Like when you don't know where someone lives and they have not given you that information. Oh no! I and you knew where she and was. you find out where they live because you're following them home. That's a little insecure. No, I didn't. Do, I didn't do that. Don't put words on my mouth. Okay. Well, that's what Sandy <laughs> did. That's what Sandy did, and you said that's what I did. Oh no! No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't okay. do that. I didn't. I, I knew where she lived before. And I knew the mom, so the mom, and I was tight with the mom. Tight with the mom, okay. <laughs> and I came with a gift, and then the and she's like, "What are you doing here at my house?" And I'm like, "I'm sorry, I, I wanted to bring you a mixtape." <laughs> yeah, and did you bring a gift for the mom too? No. No. Oh, okay. But the mom loved me. Okay. The mom loved me. She's like, "Zach's here," and she's like, "Oh man." <laughs> the girl was like, "Oh man." Yeah, but 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 the mom was really happy. And then yeah, she's I mean like, that... "You're stalking me," and I go, "No, I'm not, I'm not stalking you." Yeah, I came by your house. I know where you live. I I didn't I didn't know yeah. you were gonna be home. And she's like, "You know, I don't ever want to see you again." Oh shit! Yeah, it was it was bad. It was you know what it was though. Like she hadn't broken up with her boyfriend that she was, you know, when we started dating. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna break up with my boyfriend," kind of thing. And then it was more. I think she wanted just make her boyfriend jealous but i ended mm. up being really into her yeah and what happened yeah. was like i was like well i was a little sprung about her you know because that happens and is that a song about, lyric like sprung about you or like a... <laughs> so sprung about you <laughs> little girl no <laughs> sprung about you sprung about you <laughs> tell me i'm so sprung oh no. god <laughs> Ruined it. No, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I ended up bringing her present, which I should, you know, look, you look back on these moments, you're like, why the hell did I do that? But it happened, and uh, mm, and yeah. the mom was like, you know, Zach's Zach's a sweet guy. You should you should really be yeah. dating him. But she was into the she had the whole bad boy comedy. No, she's the guy you date like later. Yeah. When she's once you figure your shit out. Once she's divorced and uh, broken. <laughs> Is that a song lyric too? Um, yep, that's by train also. <laughs> it's by train also. Yeah. So, so yeah, I so Sandy, okay, I was reading way too much into Sandy's character, perhaps, but um, I could. I appreciate yeah, I that. Less, I had a lot of sympathy for yeah. her. Yeah, I appreciate that. 
And then I also, you know, Rick, I always identified, uh, wanted to identify as Rick. I always thought he was so cool. Like he had such a cool attitude about him and aura. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he was kind of just going through life, no big deal. Like didn't really care to be the standout guy. And then Terry's convinced that she's going to make him cool, right? Again, a little bit of that ego trip. Like, oh, I'm going to make this guy the cool guy now because I know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a little bit of that. Like, look, I love... Joyce's character, and and I had a crush on her back then. I you know, and 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 I think she's she's got a really cool arc through the for the, through the film. But I think the supporting cast is equally as strong as the lead. In this yeah, movie. well, well, certainly. I mean, Billy Jacoby had like a. I mean, I, I think you mentioned it. He stole the movie. He is like he steals the movie. He's the most quotable. Uh, as far as just lines in the movie, in my opinion, um, he's uh, he's hilarious and kind of ridiculous, but also incredibly grounded. Like, there's nothing about him where you're like, oh, like he's not. He gives a great performance because he's just totally like this guy, and we all kind of, you know, knew some semblance of this guy. But this this kind of one dimensional, like all all Buddy thinks about is sex yeah. all the time. It's all he wants to do. You know, his parents are away for like two weeks and two weeks. and he's yeah. he feels so much pressure. He's like, this is when it happens. I got to lose my virginity, you know, and like and as the days are going by and he's realizing and like it's not happening, he's failing that, you know, we're totally invested in his like plight, too. Because like, oh, man, like mom and dad are coming home soon. And this is my one time to use their king size bed and really, you know, figure it out. Yes, we, we really must be going. You have to get going. I'm 15 years old. In two years, I reached the peak of my sexual powers. The clock is ticking. I have to get jamming. Can't you hear what you're saying? Aren't you a little embarrassed? Nope, I'm horny. Horny will kick embarrassment's ass every time. Let's do listen to me. Don't you want your first time to be with someone you love? I guarantee you, I'll be in love. There's Lisa McAdoo. I hear she'll do anything with anybody. She looks pretty cheap to me. Me too. Yeah, and he's incredible. And um, Clayton Rohner is incredible as Rick. And like really kind of ahead of his time in a way because it's almost like when I was watching it, I never really appreciated it. I was like, yeah, okay, like he's... He's an interesting interpretation of what they're like. Well, he's going to be a nerdy guy, but he's a nerdy guy who just like loves James Brown. Yeah. Which, you know, is like really, if you think about it, like there's nothing nerdy at all about that. Um, but he's he's questionably aged in a way where you're like, okay, like he's much older seeming yeah. than a high school student for this time period. And so, uh, so what is my point? My point is just, you know, that it's he's he's relatable in very specific ways, but it's it's almost like, oh, cuz that's so unusual in the 80s to be obsessed with James Brown. It is and and I I just want to point out uh, apparently James Brown was on set a few times teaching or, the moves, right? The dance moves. Teaching him the moves? It's, yeah. That's fucking crazy. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And and so that adds to the legitimacy 
of his performance in this movie. Um, also, there's a scene when Terry goes over to Rick's house for the first time and they drink some beers and they bring out these generic looking beers and it just says beer on it. Yeah. And I always thought that was so lame because I'm like, why can't you get licensing for Coors or Bud? Yeah. But apparently that's legit beer. That was like generic. Just like just cheap, cheap swill. Yeah. yeah. So that's hilarious yeah. too. Uh, at, that makes it even better in my mind. But yeah, Rick, Rick had a, yeah, I don't think, excuse me. <clears throat> I knew guys in high school that were like into stuff that maybe wasn't so popular, but it was still within the kind of framework of, of other kids listening to that stuff. Like I didn't know yeah. any kids that listened to like, like I was big into Elvis, I think at that time, mm-hmm. but I think that would, that was kind of normal at the time. Cause, uh, just seen Elvis was because eighties movies have such a fifties influence on them. Sure. You know, this one specifically too, like, especially with Ronnie Spector's Spector. song. And yeah. Like a yeah. 1950s it's so true. Song. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I don't think I don't never n- didn't know anybody that was like, Oh, you got to check out this, this album. This is really good. You know, like this is real. what well, this is what real music is, is supposed to be about. Um, I didn't, you know, I have, but then again, that, that was, that I didn't grow up as a teenager in 85. I was yeah, eight years old or nine years old at the time, you know? So I watched right. this and I'm like, oh, that's what it must be like to be a high school kid. I right. started to right. <laughs> idealize. But, but also, I mean, doesn't it seem like, cause, cause just rewatching this, I was like, man, none of them seem like they're in high school other than maybe Sandy and Buddy. But yeah. they, they all, they're all so much older seeming. Deborah and Billy Savka, William Zavka. Uh, you know, who just got typecast as the fucking dickhead in every movie. <laughs> I mean, he's so great, though, dude. Like he, he and, is. And 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 what you're saying about Deborah, like Deborah, she's like supposed to be the most popular girl in school. I think that's kind of understood, yep. right? And her boyfriend. Yeah. At one point, <laughs> at one point, Rick's like astonished that Terry has spoken to Deborah, but she yes. talked to you. That's Deborah Strobridge. She spoke to you. Yeah. <laughs> And then when Deborah at the end gives her speech, she she gets elected prom queen and she's giving her speech. And it's done in such a way like I don't remember any kid giving a speech like no. so eloquently as no. Deborah Goodrich did. No. The actress. Yes. You know, who is actually like uh, apparently an, she's an author in real life. And, and I read a little excerpt from her book because her birthday had come up recently. I'm like before right. I put this on our two dollar late fee Instagram page, I better check out like a little bit of this, a bit of her writing, and before I endorse it, you know. Right. It's really good. Like she's. Uh, it's a book talented. about all people be- named Zach being assholes. You're like, oh, wh- ah, damn! I was going to endorse her. <laughs> I'll scratch That's, that off the list. This book makes no sense. But when you were saying, mm. you know, everybody like looking older than they actually are, and or yeah, and, and that was definitely a staple of the '80s too. Like, uh but Kevin, well, I don't feel that. Kevin. I don't feel that way about like Fast Times, for example. Even though no. that's kind of what it is, you know. Or I like think Fast Times is an anomaly, though. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I know, you know we've covered that in, one, but yeah, yeah. In me- no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely. I think uh, maybe this, like, Revenge of the Nerds. I think they look like they're way older than, you know. 16 or 17 years old first year into college kind of deal but 
Well, maybe not. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because well, six, sixteen would be way young unless you're talking about Wormser. <laughs> yep, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> who's like thirteen or something? Yeah, no, he he looked his age. He looked yeah. his age. But I was gonna say that uh, Kevin, who uh, is Terry's boyfriend. Yeah, he's her, like, like Kendall fifty. <laughs> he's yeah. fifty. No, but but he's supposed to be like a college kid, right? Yeah. Quite possibly going to like UCLA, even though even though this is filmed in Arizona, I thought for for decades that like oh they filmed this in Westwood. Yeah, you know, of course, this, this of course. Like, uh, it it just looks like that right to me. But um, but yeah, Kevin and Kevin kind of in a way like to me he looked the part. I'm like oh that's what a college kid looks like. You know, it's this older dude. And uh, and then, yeah, William Zabka, Greg Tolan, he, like, he, I think he, I look at him now in Cobra Kai, and he still looks like he, you know, he yeah. still looks like a young guy. No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain, baby. No pain, no gain. But Billy, or Buddy, specifically, uh yeah, he's got so many great lines in the movie. Yeah, he does. I, 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 I love the scene where, like, he's invited over... Uh, like this girl to study, yeah, you know, and like this is gonna be the big thing in the in, in the living room, and like she's got her braces, and like, you know, she's not interested, and then she's just like, okay, like I gotta go, and he's just like, you know, at, dives at her feet, and he's like, would it make any difference if I said I was hung like a bear? She's like, <laughs> it it might. Are you? He's like, no, just checking, you know, and uh, and that was something when I was like, I did not know what that meant when I was younger, like yeah. hung like a bear. What is he talking about? Like why? You know, so it's just like that funny thing, and then, uh, and then when he apologizes to his to his penis, he's like, "Sorry, Spike." <laughs> like he's named his he's named his penis Spike. This is like so good, Spike. Yeah, I think I think I, I was I was quoting, I was quoting more of like Rick's lines as as a kid, um, but Buddy definitely like, yeah, I mean saying his shit now still works yeah <laughs> so. yeah it's great i mean at one point he said you know like terry's right like so sandy's sandy's in terry's room which is buddy's room and uh terry needs to leave and she's like buddy look there's a there's a half-naked girl i i need you budster like there's a half-naked girl up in, up in your room and he's like what are you serious you know he's like maybe more by now um and he goes if i'm not back in a week forward my mail like that to me, like that is genius. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. It's genius. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. there's so many moments in this movie where you're like, that is beyond ridiculous, but it, but it's, but it's great. Like the one, uh, the one nerd who who has uh, the the an, uh, all the various like reptile yeah. animals throughout the whole movie. So when Terry goes to her new school as the boy Terry, and one of the first people she meets there is this guy, this kid who. I think he's got like a he's got a little mouse and she's like, Oh, that's so cute. He's like, Yeah, I'm gonna feed it to my my pet snake, you know. And she's like, Wait, what? <laughs> but then uh, you know, he, like through the whole movie he's got these different reptiles and, and it's it's super absurd, but I loved it as a kid. I still do. I'm just like like that's, like, that's a fun little quirky thing yeah. that stands out. This film has so many like little quirky moments, uh, right down yeah. to the 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 prom scene. Um like, I know movies have prom scenes. I know high school movies, especially in the 80s, have prom scenes with a live band. But this one stood out to me a lot more. And the prom scene is where 
we are introduced to your song, the song, <laughs> Hardway. Like Rockin' Davis. Yep. Hardway. Um, Hit it. Sorry, I thought you I thought you were going into into a story about. I was trying to tee you up for your story about that song in well, a nat, in a natural <laughs> in a natural way, and then I'm doing a dramatic pause, and then it just hung in the air for, for way, way too long. Yeah, so hard way uh, is 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 yet another thing that I was obsessed about with this film. Um, so when the movie came out. I don't know why I, I just love the song and it just, it reminded me of uh, cutting crew. It reminded me of, um, Mr. Mister. It like had that kind of vibe to it. And, and it was such an upbeat, fun ditty. And I, and, and, and it's not just the song, but it's, it's like, thanks the grandpa. That, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, ditty. and it's, uh, it's, it's not just the song, but it was like, the, you know, th- this is we're jumping ahead, obviously, but, you know, this is a movie that we recommend you check out if you haven't. And if you already have seen it, you know where we're at at this point in the movie. Yeah. Well, and, and also, um, I mean, like it's like th- there are very few movies that we do on here where we're like, don't see it. You yeah, know, even if yeah, we, we don't like it, we're just like, check it out because it's. Yeah. Check it out. You'll enjoy it. Like, it's fun. And 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 all the shenanigans that happen up until this point are, are lead to this culmination of the, of the big dance. And, and Terry is, uh, with her date, which is her, which is her buddy. Right. And, uh, and then, okay. Well, and to be uh, clear, cause her, her brother's name is buddy. I don't want to confuse anybody, but Denise, yeah, her friend, Denise, Denise her, her friend, her, right, best, her friend. best friend is at the front with her. Yeah. Because at this point, Kevin, her boyfriend has like kind of dumped her, so to speak. And she needs a date for the but, prom. She takes. The but date. here's another question I have. I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is just like no, this no. is this is going back to m- one of my problems with it. It's like, presumably Terry would be going to her own prom. Yeah. Right around the around the same time. No, but like you know where she where she has all these friends and not like this weird undercover assignment where she knows like three people because she's been at the school for two weeks, and you know is bringing uh, Denise. And so, um, so what was my point? Oh, so that just that, uh, and then at that point, wouldn't people be like, "Oh, Terry, you cut your hair at her regular school?" And the, the, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking this and, and thinking way too much into this. I'm not saying like you know whether or not you go to your prom or you don't. You know, I was not going to go to my prom. I went last minute. Uh, <laughs> well, I think I think you're you're hitting on something that's really important to recognize with a, a lot of. 80s movies and i'm and i'm i'm not gonna lump in like movies like back to the future or 16 candles or breakfast club films that are considered you know classics of of the 80s but generally movies of the 80s high school movies of of the 80s specifically had a lot of plot holes in them they just did and 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 i think um I think we, I think I, I'm speaking personally, overlook, overlook those because I'm like, well, for me, it didn't take away from like the, the, the punchline joke. No, or, no, or the reveal. I never like, thought about it. Yeah. I never thought about it. Period. Until right now. Yeah, no, it's the same way with like Sandy, where I'm like, maybe she's a much more sympathetic character than I gave her credit for back in the day. Like, we're, yeah, you know, we're looking back on these things and I'm like, yeah, how the hell did she? What? Wait, what? 
there's only two days. There could be like a, less than a week left of school. Who knows, you know? Um, and so, yeah. And so when she's at that prom, at this point now, Rick is, is she's made him cool, so to speak. And he's got his date, which is Deborah. And, and, and there's such a great moment where Rick and Terry start, they're with their dates and they're dancing. And then they, they're dancing together, Rick and Terry doing like this kind of choreographed just dude fun, dance. Like, what's it's that? It's a choreographed dude dance. It's a total choreographed dude dance, which I think is so cool. Like I, I forgot how much kind of homophobia went on in the eighties with, especially with high school. Movies. Yeah. So many like gay jokes and just stuff that you look at now and you're like, that is so dated. I mean, and, and, and you know, this, this shit went on with every big movie including like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, which people are like, oh my God, it's one of the greatest comedies of all time of the 80s. Like, yeah, there was like some pretty nasty homophobic jokes yeah. in that too at one point. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. My point is it was so refreshing to see them, you know, playing off this idea. Like there are these two dudes just having a good time together. And, and the music's kicking. And, but then this is something that I never really thought about until... Later on, when we were watching it, when the band, the, the 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 lead singer of the band, who's playing guitar, he's like making eyes with Terry's date, her friend, Denise. You know, Denise, yeah, and 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 we're like, wait a minute, that's that's it's kind of fucking gross. Like, disgusting. <laughs> and and Denise is like, you know, she's into it, but of course she yeah. is, because he's like a rock star and. He's like a he's like a fifty year old rock star making eyes at a at a at a seventeen year old girl. Yeah, like come on, come on, back, come on, let's know? go. Give me a BJ at the like. Oh god, dude. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is and so disgusting. This, and I I just know this scene so well because I I love this song. Couldn't find the soundtrack for the life of me when I was a kid. I recorded this song off of TV on my cassette player and cassette recorder and so i have this entire scene which so there's little bits of dialogue and at the end you know you all you're all very special and she's like i think i'm gonna go denise is like i'm gonna go see him or you know terry's like go for it um and so i was obsessed with wanting to own this song and then you know flash forward into the the 2000s when the internet is popping and I go on like IMDb's message board looking for uh, looking for the song <laughs> because message boards were message boards were such a big thing back in the day. And I typed in, you know, hey, does anyone know about the soundtrack for this thing? And this and this guy's like, what's your email? I'll send you the song. I get the song and I, I, I put it in the computer, fire it up. The tempo is totally different. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is not the same song. Then I later on in life have tracked down an actual physical soundtrack copy, put it on the vinyl. It's the same tempo. That's not what is in the movie. And I was so hurt by that. I was just like, you know, you can't do that. Like it's gotta be the same energy. Yeah. You know, and it's not. So it doesn't exist, right? There's no recording. There's no, you haven't found it right ever. No, there's never been an, uh, uh, a proper version of it, but you know, it, but so that that song just still had such an impact on me. I loved it so much because I love a good dance scene in a movie. 
But when you're yeah. talking about songs that like hit you, you say that tonight your mind baby by Ronnie Spector, like that that's the song that should that really kind of well yeah because be that song. song it's the song that ends the movie you know where like the happy ending has happened and Terry and Rick are together and they drive off in the convertible and then you know this song plays and it's like you know and, and even before that the cue starts and like this really old woman on a motorcycle rolls up and like, <laughs> picks up Buddy she is like um, Sam Elliott. Biker yeah, she's she's yeah she's. What am I trying to say? You know, she's she's definitely not in high school. Um, and uh, yeah, and then so you know, Buddy drives off, and then Terry and Rick drive off, and then the credits roll to this song, and it's just like, oh, that's a nice ending. Um, yeah, and it and it is the song that plays when. Terry and Rick first meet at school and she's driving him home. Yes, yes, to, to Rick's house. house and then turns it off, yeah. Yeah, so it's a cool bookend to their relationship. Uh, yeah, I can dig that. I mean, Hardway, look, Hardway is just for me has such a warm place. But in Ronnie Spector, I'm not going to lie, I first found out about Ronnie Spector through that Any Money song. Take me home. Oh, yeah. Be my little baby. Yeah. That's the first time I ever heard her. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know she was like a legit. Legit, legit. Motown singer. She's a star. Yeah. She's She's a legend. She's a legend. Like Vince DiCola. Okay. I'm I'm cool with that. Um, I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know, and then just uh, many of the other songs in this movie are not good. Like the the main one just went, oh, the guys. It's like, oh. Hate it. Yeah, it's not even. It's and and it's it's very yeah. It's very, it's very generic. Yeah, it does nothing. You know, it's just a lot of the songs in this movie just don't do anything for me. And then these these two, Hard Way, uh, Tonight You're Mine, Baby. Yeah, they're just like yes, thank you. And Hard Way, but the, the lyrics for Hard Way are are atrocious. She she named her price. She named her price. It was twenty twice. Oh, like it's it's about a prostitute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it, it's it's more like, like the the content is atrocious. I see. The content is atrocious. Yeah, because because it's about love is hard. Learn- love can sometimes to 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 get what you want in life, you got to go learning the hard learning way. the hard way. You learn the you yeah, yeah like, you learn the hard way by having sex with a prostitute. Okay, you le- well you learn yeah, the hard way how to find love for some. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I in Brock Brock and Davis, who I at the time I was like trying to dig deep and find out everything I could by by these guys. I'm like, they got to have a whole album. No, they they don't. And <clears throat> they uh they did one other song for this called Burning, which is not a very good song. But the, but did you know that Lindsey Buckingham has a song on this soundtrack? I didn't hear it in the movie. I didn't know that. But it's no. called Trouble. It's a it's a kick ass song, like. <clears throat> they just didn't play it's it. It's a kick-ass song. Anywhere? What's that? It's just not in the movie. It's not in the movie, but it's on the soundtrack. Mm. Which is another Iron Eagle scenario. Where, Don't like it. Like, yeah. why do you put these songs on? It that is a good song, but why do you put these songs on if it's not even on the soundtrack? But yeah, that that's but that's just one of the guys in in a in a nutshell. And it came out in nineteen eighty five, which We've talked about 1985 before. Oh, we, yeah, we've done we've done some 85ers, right? 
we have, but you know, we the, we didn't we haven't gone so deep. Uh, you know, we haven't touched on every single little thing that happened in the eighties. Obviously, in the eighties, like I, I've I've wowed you with my depressing things about well, AIDS exploded in the eighties. <laughs> you have the nineteen AIDSies. There you go. <laughs> But uh um, 80, 80 spelled A I D. <laughs> Why? But apparently that the, the 85 was when Ron Reagan had his second term in office, Ronnie. Well, yeah. And uh Coke released their new formula. And if you're not unfamiliar with that, you can watch season 3 of Stranger Things and they blast the 1985 new Coke all over the place ad nauseum. So that's, yes. that's not a good thing. Yes. Saying. Like, it's very depressing. I'm like, well, really? Is this just some, some big commercial now? Um, and then the Unabomber, actually, this is my downbeat note. The Unabomber kind of came on the scene in 85. <laughs> <laughs> that's when he started sending packages to people. I didn't know that. I thought it was in the 90s. I. But he he was around for a really long time. He's doing this shit for a long time. Um, how long? <laughs> the Unabomber came on the scene. Uh, how long was the Unabomber <laughs> on the scene for? I mean, I don't know when he when he was caught. I I, I feel like it was he was caught in the late nineties. The Unabomber. So the Unabomber. I mean, I I remember that time, but I don't remember it being like. Years and years and years. It was. Because it, we were saying he came on in 85 and then was caught in the 90s? Okay, so according to Wikipedia, he was between 78 and 95. 78 and so 95? Yeah. Good God. Yep. He was apprehended in 1995. That is. So did he actually come on the scene in 78? 78, but 85 he-, he That was he, a, just apparently... a, a chart-toppering year for the bombs. <laughs> Yeah, it it's uh yeah, he 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 <laughs> he, he was sending bombs in 85. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that it's horrible. I'm just saying it's No, it's right. But it is just one of those things of like just kind of remembering something differently or something. Yeah, yes, yes, it, yes. And then and then this is a, one more sad note. I just I want to throw it out there because it's, it's well. Why not? It's, That's um, kind of your thing. That's kind of your brand. Yeah, yeah. It's my thing. Sad facts uh, of '85. Route 66 was officially decommissioned in 19. Oh. And I might say that a, a certain piece of innocence was decommissioned in 1985 as a result because, um, you know, I, I've I'm I actually have a lot of fond memories about route 66, especially like it being kind of the, the end, the official ending is in Santa Monica. Now it wasn't originally, it was in like downtown LA, yeah. but they moved it yeah. because it just made more sense that way. But yeah, like that, that whole idea of the, the nostalgia is, is very, uh, very sweet. So that, that's a bummer, mm. but um, you know, it, it's, it still exists. People still do the, do the road do the trail right. they just they just uh it's not as it's not officially like sanctioned i guess is what right I'm right <laughs> and then getting to a few songs from the 80s uh 
quite possibly considered one of the worst songs of the 80s, but I tend to love it nevertheless is We Built This City by Starship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's got some ridiculous moments in it, but it, I still I feel like it's got a lot of heart. Marconi um, plays the mumbo. <laughs> Listen to the radio. We got a yeah. beautiful day here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yep. Come on. <laughs> uh, but the never-ending story theme yeah. Was a top charter, oh. a, char- a chart topper I, back in the day. I love that. Uh, I love that. Uh, by Limhall. Limhall? Yeah, Limhall or. Who I thought forever he was the lead singer of Ikanja Gugu. I'm like, that's the same guy, right? But it's I always thought it was a woman for the longest time. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's a dude. Well, there's a female vocalist on the song as well. Yeah, but I thought I only heard the female vocalist. Yeah, uh, that song's great. We should do Never Ending Story as the movie probably at some point. Yeah, we should at some point break that down. But I'm just blown away by a lot of the the, the, the songs that were in like the top 25, top 50. So many of them were soundtrack songs. The Kenny Loggins right. is definitely on there. Uh, so just, I know we talked a little bit about these before, but like The Heat Is On from Beverly Hills Cop. My favorite soundtrack. Right. And then also Harold Faltemeyer's Axe of Left. My is favorite also on soundtrack. <laughs> right. Um, and then Power of Love. My second Baby favorite Lewis. soundtrack. And the Miami Vice theme song. I know it's a TV show, but it's still. Not my favorite you know. soundtrack. Not. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then songs that like. Uh, yeah, just the fact that those songs, those specific... Oh, and sorry, St. Elmo's Fire is Man in Motion. Not your favorite soundtrack. No, but I mean, that's a great, it's a great song by, by our classic, boy John right? Parr. Yeah. Our boy, boy John, John Parr. Parr. And, and uh, I mean, come on. If, if you don't know why we yeah. love John Parr so much, just listen, listen to our... Listen to our in- inaugural episode. Yes, which I think still holds up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Pretty soon, this is going to become like us just like re-listening to our podcast episodes and talking about if they still hold up. Well, you know, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And then I'm just going to throw out two movies that came out in 1985. Just two, RoboCop. Just two no, Isaiah. Uh, okay, sorry. Well, one, one of they... your favorite, <laughs> one of your favorite movies of all time. Uh, Better Off Dead. No, Last Dragon. Oh, yep. Okay, yep. And then um, Commando. Yep. That was the best performance Alyssa Milano has ever given. Not Poison Ivy? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Not Embrace of the Vampire? No, because no. do you know how hard it is to pretend to act like you love someone after you witness them throw a 10-foot steel pipe through someone else, another man's <laughs> chest? Dude, I, I love that movie. Commando. Yeah. Fucking Amanda's awesome. great. And it's got uh, such a great cast of, of villains in it. Yeah. And one of my favorite villains of all time, David Patrick Kelly. Yeah. Uh, from The Warriors yep. and Dreamscape and The Crow. Just money. And he utters one of the f- most hilarious lines in this uh, comeback lines, which is just, la, 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 la. he's falling. Yeah. We may have to get to this at some point. Oh, and I, I just want to sh- uh, throw out the fact that Care Bears the movie came out in 1985. So. 
I definitely watched that more than <laughs> once. Yeah, I actually never seen Care Bear Stare. I I didn't. I was not a Care Bears guy. No, I don't know. I don't know why I watched that. I don't know why. Well, Thundercats came out the same year, and I was like big into Thundercats. Yeah. That was my that was my jam, but. Yeah, but that's 1985, dude. Like, that's, uh, you know, we are going to cover so many movies from 85. I don't want to just lay it all out on the line like that. But that's just a little taste. So, uh, to recap, uh, Coke and uh, Route 66 and the Unabomber Unabomber first came on the scene. (laughs) Although it was technically in the 70s. but. Poor choice of words. Um, the Unabomber hit hit the scene literally. He exploded on <laughs> the Unabomber oh, exploded onto the scene. That's that's cold. <laughs> that's what you should have said. But anyway, to summarize, because we've been all around the world, the same song. But uh, I a hundred percent think this movie still holds up. Uh, I think you oh, know. Yeah, I think yeah. it's great. I, I could. I could definitely. You know, same watchability factor. If it was on, if I just was channel surfing, it was on. I was like, oh yeah, you no, know, I just saw that. I watch it again. Well, I want to point out the fact too that we watch this with our wives, and Aaron has a very similar uh, taste when it comes to movies. I think that we do. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and love of a absolutely. Kristen is is very hard to please when it comes to films from this time period unless it's girls just want to have fun it seems like that's just like like she's just got it in her head that like girls just want to have fun is the standard by which to hold all, all other movies but then like yeah is she more of a tv lover than a movie lover she was overall? neither she was neither she she's like i watched a movie once and then, then i never watched it again and i never thought about it again in my yeah. life but she, oh, that, oh, that was my question. Did Christian, did yeah, Kristen did. like she this movie? It. She yeah, did. She okay, that was okay. Great. And like she would laugh a few times, and you know, and then but it was funny. I think Aaron pointed it out too. Uh, in, early in the movie, when Joyce Terry has her long hair, and they're like, "Oh man, her, her hair looks terrible." Well, that was a wig, and I didn't know that either. The wig. You know. Yeah. I did know that obviously after watching and doing research but even like even like shot to shot her hair looks completely different yeah sometimes like it's like now it's like up and it's down and it's flat and it's you know yeah and it looks good it does anyway i yeah i think it definitely holds up a plus <laughs> a plus really wow. a, a plus a plus plus a plus plus i would you would you give this would you give this film a job at the tribune yeah. If this film was a person, would you give it a job? At yeah. Studio? Oh, right. And I just want to say, right, so she comes around and writes an article about oh. how she's now found love, and she writes an article about Rick. And the reason that Rick reconnects, because he's really hurt because his best friend for, you know, two weeks or whatever turns out to be lying to him and is actually a woman. And But he finds out, because he reads the article in the Tribune, because she gets the the internship because she's written them from her heart, you know, vulnerability, vulnerability. empathy, compassion, all of these things. And then Rick's like, read, read the article about me. You still feel that way about me? Yep. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go have some fun. Hey, I'm the guy. Let the, why don't we go have some fun or whatever? And, um, the hell was I rambling about? But anyway, yeah, (laughs) it's, uh, 
It's that her article is she she's grown yes. uh, from where she was in the beginning, realizing there's there's much more to write about than lunches. Which which is which is cool in on many levels because I think in a very subtle way the movie acknowledged that Terry was a privileged kid. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, we totally skirted around the whole big reveal at the end when she ripped her shirt open and shows Rick her, you know, her boobs and she's like, and then he's like, wait, you you have tits or whatever <laughs> the line was, you know. Where do you get off having tits? (laughs) And I guess she didn't really want to do that scene. It was kind of pushed by the director to do it. Well, we'll find out. We're going to find out. out. We're going to find out in two weeks. uh, We did this episode in conjunction with the interview we're about to do with Joyce Heiser uh, on the next episode of $2 Late Fee. So we hope you enjoyed this because uh, I did. And I hope you didn't have to go the hard way. Hope you, hope you didn't have to learn the hard way that that this from now on episode. Things are going my anyway, way. yeah. Well done. So you know what, folks? Yeah, we'll catch you in the flip side, right? That's your catchphrase. Yep. So we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, Zach, thank you as always, and um, sleep tight, everybody. Namaste. All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet... Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 